All right, I think I'm on now. Good thing I wasn't singing, singing with that on. Um, okay, uh, let's pray. Let's start with that. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for being our God, inviting each of us to be your people. And as your people, Father, we pray each and every day that you'll teach us and show us how to live life, the abundant life that you promised us, Father. So show us how to be your people and how to walk with you, that straight and narrow path that you have for us. We thank you, Father, for forgiveness. We thank you for um, just teaching us how to live life, and we thank you for being our Father. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. The wonder of God. Um, I don't know if you remember the TV show, uh, The Wonder Years. Um, Kevin, I think it was Kevin Arnold. So in 1969, he was in seventh grade. So was I. So I, I could recognize that. I had a, a couple, I had older sisters that I guess would fit in like his older sister. Um, my one sister went to uh, Woodstock, so I guess she would be considered a, a hippie like his sister was, you know. So I can relate to the Wonder Years, but I just think of the name, and uh, we need the wonder uh, when you see the, like the Iwana kids, and sometimes they'll do something, and it's just like, wow, that's like, that's so great, I didn't think I could do that, you know. But we need the wonder of God so that everywhere we look, we see how wonderful our God is and how he has just uh, created this world for us. And that's what the message is about, just to understand that wonder that God has for us and to keep that wonder as a child. You know, it's just, uh, just so neat. And uh, I just think of my, uh, my limited basketball career as a chubby white guy. Um, and, you know, basketball wasn't a can't jump, you know, just like. But I remember one day, one game, I had the spot. And they wouldn't even cover me normally, you know, but I had the spot. And every time I went to that spot, it just went swoosh. And then by the end of the game, they'd say, will you cover that guy already? So I was like, that was, you know, that's it. My only basketball story, Rex, I got that was worth sharing, you know. But it was, that's just a, you know, but it was a wonder. It was a, you know, that was the wonder as a, you know, 12, 13-year-old that, you know, you hit that and you got that swoosh. It's like when Jim did the messages on the sweet spot. If you're ever playing baseball and you hit it on the sweet spot, it's like, what happened? It just goes, you know. It's just, it just, I don't know what it is. It's the sweet spot. You know, you hit it on the label, you'll know, because your hands will be shaking from it. But it's just uh, the, the wonder of it. And, uh, some, you know, in the, the Iwana kids, each week they teach me something. It's just so fun with them. They all, you know, even uh, Levi, who is sick, his brother is Elijah. Elijah comes up to me every time and says, my, dad, my brother's sick, but he's home now. And I said, how's he doing? Well, the doctors helped them. I said, well, who helped the doctors? Well, God helped the doctors, you know. I mean, he's just, he's just so neat to see him. And, uh, and he'll give me a report tonight on how his little, his little brother's doing. And so the wonder is just, uh, we need to keep the wonder. So we're going to start in Genesis 1, 1 through 4. I always start in Genesis. I just start in the beginning. And... Uh, so Genesis 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. So I just think God created the heaven and the earth. Now, one of the devotions said this week was that if we lose the heaven part, and we just live life, we'll miss it. We'll, miss, we'll get bogged down in the, you know, the things of life, and uh, 
We've got to keep the heaven in our minds to say that well, there is more than this. I mean, we have, and it, it, keeping that heaven in mind gives us the hope, but it also helps us in the, you know, the, the, what goes on in life, as uh, Brother Herb would call it, the nasty now and now, which sometimes life is like that. We need to keep the heaven in front of us. But I love to think about, you know, how, God, how did God create the heavens and the earth? And it said he spoke. The God that we serve, the God that saved us, the God that wants to be a part of every moment of our life, he spoke. And I was like, that's just amazing to me. That gives me the wonder. He spoke, and, and the, there was light. He, he said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. I mean, that's just amazing. And then skip down to Genesis uh, 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Um, I don't know any other religious leaders, so to speak, that take claim for creating the world. I don't believe any of them do. Um, it's possible, but um, God takes credit for creating the heavens and the earth, and he takes cre- credit for creating us, and we're created in God's image. And it's like, that's just amazing. And the more we know about God, it's like you want to honor God but with what you do and what you say and who, how we live our lives because, I mean, God's just amazing. He could keep that wonder. So I was just thinking... Um, with the wonder, we went to the dentist this week, and that's always a wonder. Um, but he's explaining to me, I, he's grinding one of my teeth and putting a crown on it, and I'm thinking, is that going to be wide open? Are the nerves going to be wide open now? You know, like, I'm just thinking pain. You know, when this Novocaine wears off, pain. And he's explaining to me how a tooth works, how the, how the, uh, the nerves go up and down and this and that, and he's doing something on my other cheek. Like, you can feel this, but you can't feel that because... And I'm just thinking, all I want to know is it's going to hurt. But I'm thinking, then you must absolutely love God because there's no ex- explanation at all how a tooth could do that. You know, it's like when he's going on and on about the tooth, and I was just thinking, wow. And that's nothing compared to the rest of the complexity of the things that are around us. I, w- I wanted to say to Dr. Balestrine, so, you, so all dentists know God? You know, I wanted to think that because... I mean, it's just so complex, and what he had to learn so that he doesn't hurt us and know how the nerves and work. And, you know, when you, when you get a crown on the top, they got to give you three Novocaines. If you do it on the, well, one on the top is three, down on the bottom, because it's all different. And I was like, that's just, God created us, and we're created in his image. Just something as simple as that. Um, the, uh, the other morning, you know, we've had some gray mornings, but we also had one morning this week was yellow. I don't know if you saw the yellow morning. It's just like the way the sun came up and the way it hit, everything was yellow. And uh, like the tamarack trees are a little yellow now. And I was like, what, what kind of morning is that? And then I get to the job site and I mention it to the homeowner. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. And she shows me her iPad and she's got the morning taking pictures of the yellow morning. So just like the wonder of the mornings and the, the first snows on the mountain peaks and you're coming down West Valley and you see all those 12 or 14 high peaks covered in, in the snow at the top. And it was like, keep that wonder in us of the high peaks. And God created those mountains for us to see 
the climb and everything else. <clears throat> and one more was uh, from Dr. Stanley. He said, if you're standing on top of one of those mountains and you can look to read something, you can check your watch and read it, and then you can look in the distance. Then you can look back at your watch or look at something. There's no, no known instrument in the world that can change back and forth like that without focusing it, except the human eye that God created for us. So, you know, you see the complexity of our bodies and how it all works, and, and God spoke and made us in his image. I just think when you see the complexity of things and that God, you can't explain that. No one can explain it, how God did that. But he did it, and he did it for us. Um, turn to uh, uh, Matthew one more, one more wonder. Matthew uh, 8, 23. Always have to use this verse. So it's Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Now when he, he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was, over, was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And when his disciples came to him and woke him and saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? And I always use that verse because I just, that reminds me of who is this God that we serve? Who is this God that we're created in his image, that even the wind and the waves will obey him? When you see all the the, you know, the, the weather reports of the hurricanes coming and this and that, and you see the tornadoes and just think that God can just speak and stop that. And that's just like, I don't get it. I don't know how that works, but that's okay. Um, I don't need to know. God knows. So keep the wonder is what I like. It's just a wonder. So now let's go to uh, back to Genesis. Genesis 1, 28 through 31. So then God blessed them, and, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is in the face of the, all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, that you'll have to it you shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had, it had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening of the morning of the sixth day. So in four verses, sorry about that. In four verses, God gave us purpose to go to have families, to create families. He says, I mean, isn't that what it's about, creating families? that we have different, you know, we'll have our families. Then he, um, he provided for us provisions. He gave us um, grass to grow and trees and have, uh, uh, gave us food to eat, herb for your food. And then he gave us, um, I call it, a, he gave us um, an economy. Um, first, to have families, dominion, that's our part of our purpose. 
to take care of the earth, we are, not to worship the earth, which sometimes when we get out of bounds with it, but we are to have dominion over the earth. We're to take care of all the animals, all the creeping things, everything about it. We're to take care of it. That is our purpose. And I just look at the, um, when, he, when he said he gave us trees. And you think about a, a tree, you know, we've had a bunch of trees fall down this, uh, this fall. Um, so you take a tree that God gives us, and you, you, t- you knock it down, and you, you, know, you cut it down. You've got to pay the man. It creates an economy. So then you take it down, and then uh, you grind it up for wood chips. Someone else buys the wood chips. That's an, another part of our economy. Then you could take it down and cut it into firewood, and you could sell it as log firewood. Is at one cost. You could cut it up and split it. It's another adds to the cost of the tree. Tom Calaruso knows all about this. The, the finer it gets to you, the more it costs. Then you could... Um, um, Cut it into lumber, and you have another cost. You cut it into, um, you kiln dry that lumber, you make it into molding, you make it into hardwood for pianos, you know, you could just keep going. But God gave us trees, which is a renewable resource, and he created an economy for us to live. And to have, you know, he told us to go to work, but he created everything is there for us. And then the other thing that I just think is so, you ever watch Little House on the Prairie? Those houses are 100 years old and exactly the same way we do things today. And I was like, wait, they have clapboard siding on them. The way they trim out the windows is the same way Jim Lemieux does them today. You know, it's like, that's 100 years ago, but nothing's changed. So God provided for us, you know, trees, renewable resource. And again, it, it, and it's, he also, so he gave us purpose in taking care of the, the animals and the fish of the world. You know, he gave us uh, trees to, for our homes to live in and to provide for us through houses. And um, he gave us, you know, um, food to eat. And in four verses, he provided our, you know, uh, whole life, most of what our life is about. Family, um, work, provision for us. And uh, I just think that's just amazing to me. And um, I was thinking of uh, Ed's son-in-law, and he said, talk about the fish. He used to run the fish market in Manhattan. So you'd go to the fish market, buy the fish, then sell it to the vendors. Vendors would take it and sell it to the restaurant owners. Restaurant owners would sell it to us for food. And it's like, but again, God did that in Genesis 1. Told us to take care of the fish and go. So, again, purpose, because that's what we, what's our purpose? Why are we here? And what's it about? And then, again, he gave us a renewable resources in trees and in food and and now everything is about that in uh, in this. We all want um, fresh vegetables now, which uh, we grew up with, but now we're going back to farm to farm to table. That's how it was in a, when we were kids. Anyway, so to uh, just to keep that wonder, and let's just turn to uh, <coughs> switch gears here. Psalm thirty-four. So this is uh, David speaking to us today, <clears throat> and he says, it's a psalm of David, and it's the happiness of those who trust in God. So as we understand who we are in Christ, as we understand that God provided for us, that he is a good, good father, <clears throat> I just like this psalm. It's just recognizing who this God is and that he'll bless us and and just be there for us. So in Psalm, I'll read from... Uh, Hasn't got it up here. Okay. 
1, 1 through 3, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will shall continually be in my mouth. My soul, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So we recognize who this God is and uh, says we will bless the Lord. So when we bless the Lord is when we speak favorably to him, about him or, or to him. That's why when you hear someone use the Lord's name in vain, it hurts so much. It's like, oh, you're, you're hurting the God that we praise and that we speak highly of, we speak favorably of. And we boast in who he is as we understand that God provided for us. You know, you think about it. He, he, he says he knew us from the beginning of time. We just think about he knew us nine months before we were born, right? He gave us life at conception. He, he gave us breath. He gave us parents to take care of us. How much did he give us before we even knew him, right, that God provided? And then we magnify the Lord for who he is. As we continue to understand who is this God that provides for us, takes care of us, we magnify the Lord and exalt his holy name. He is a good, good father. In uh, verses 4 through 7, and this is David again, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me out, delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. So David sought after the Lord. So again, we're to learn from David. And he delivered him from all my fears. And I was like, isn't that why we turn to the Lord? God wants to help us. He wants to walk with us through life, through our fears, and keep us. Um, one of the songs we sing is so that we, we are not fearful. But God wants to um, help us with our fears, and our, and um, and He, re- I think He repeats it again. He's going to say it again. So when God repeats it, I always wonder why does God repeat it. So I think we're <clears throat> we're a little slow sometimes. And He says the poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And then He talks about um, the angels in verse seven. The angels of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. And remember when uh, Jesus was in the garden and, uh, and he was with Peter and he got arrested and then uh, they, he arrested him and then uh, Peter pulls out the sword and he, Malchus is there. Malchus is the one arresting him and he cuts off Malchus's ear. And in one of the gospels, Jesus reaches down, grabs the ear and puts it back on. And it's like, well, did Malchus have a story to tell his kids when he got home? You know, remember that guy I went to arrest who we thought was a criminal? Well, he put my ear back on. You might have seen his ears probably all mangled and everything else, but he put it on, put it back on. And so Malchus had a story to tell. But then Jesus told Peter, Peter, don't you realize I could have called for seven legions of angels to help me if I needed help? That's the God we serve, that he can call for seven legions of angels. I think a legion is a legion of thousand. I think it might be. 7,000 angels to help us in our need. So when we have our fears and our struggles and recognize who this God is, that he can just call and have an angel help us, you know. In what form that comes in, I'm not going there. That I don't know. You know, we never know where that's going to come from, you know. But God's he can call for that and uh, help us at any time. I always love that story. Malchus, I just think Malchus had a story. 
his his world was changed i think as jesus put his ear back on him because he was on the other side he was going to uh arrest jesus that he was a he was an evil man and then he helped him out at that point so continue in psalm 34 verses um verse 8 he says <clears throat> david says to him oh taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man who trusts in him oh fear the lord you his saints there is no want for those who fear him the young lions lack and suffer hunger but those who seek the lord shall not lack any good thing so taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man who trusts him. And that's where our, we, our lives come into, you know, as our sign says and our, our wristbands say to trust God more. In the midst of our trials and tribulations and struggles, to trust God more. Um, I'm not sure if I got the names right, but it was uh, Methuselah and wasn't Enoch? Was Enoch his son? And who lives? Um, one of them, he didn't... Uh, he lived 365 years, and then he came to Christ. When his son was born, he recognized he needed God, and then he lived the rest. And I think that's just, that's just funny. He didn't need God until he had children. And uh, so after he had children, then he, need, he needed God. Then he got the wristband and said, trust God more, wristband. But he didn't need it before that, but he needed it afterwards. So, um, so trust that, the, that God is good, and then fear, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for those who fear him. <clears throat> We were talking about uh, money today in the Sunday school class a little bit, and we had to clarify it's not about money. It's the love of money. It's just when you get so bogged down with how much we need and one more. Wasn't that Rockefeller or someone? How much do you need? Just, just one more. When we get bogged down with how much do we need, you know, but we have to, uh, again, trust God in the midst of that. And verse 10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So we went through a, you know, a time, you know, times, seven years of tough times uh, financially when we were switching, switching businesses. One went bad, and um, so we were switching out. Anyway, this was on our fridge for years and years, and Lori pulled it out. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those of us who reverence the Lord will never lack any good thing. And uh, to, just to remember that God's in charge, and God has our best interest in mind, and the hard part sometimes is, God, oh, that's right, God, you're about the big picture. God's always looking at the big picture, so we're always looking at the, this week's picture. He's got the big picture in mind. So that's when we've got to trust God in the midst of our, our trial and tribulation, which is any type of pressure that we have. So God is, um, and then when he says, fear the Lord, he's going to say it again in verse uh, he says it a lot. Fear is not afraid of God. It's awesome respect of God, to have awesome respect who this God is that spoke this world into existence and wants the best for, for each of us. So I'm going to read from, uh, okay, so in verse 9, he said, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for those who fear him. And then the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And then verse 11, come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So God, you know, David is talking, and he's like, God wants to teach us about have awesome respect for God. And I think we have that respect for God when we recognize the things that he's provided for us. And, you know, he gives us air to breathe and food to eat and, um, and just to have that um, 
that wonder who this God is that wants to care for us. And 12, who is this man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? And we all love many days. That's what we want. You know, that's our dream is always to have many days. But God knows our days and he knows all about that. So we stay with God. 13, it says, keep your tongue from evil and your lip from speaking of deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Um, in verse, so it says, in uh, the, keep your lips from speaking uh, evil. All, all I think about is if David was saying, shut it, you know, just <laughs> which we need to hear sometimes, just shut it, you know. But then in the next part, he says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And I think we used to teach with the youth the Forrest Gump line when Forrest Gump was going to Vietnam and uh, uh, Jenny was telling him, Forrest, if you ever find, you ever get in trouble, run, Forrest, run. And I think that's part of our, you know, when we get in the midst of uh, evil or we're in a situation that we don't belong in, just, uh, you know, young people, old people, wherever it is, all of a sudden you're in a situation that said, this is not good, I don't belong here. Run away, just run, run, Forrest, run. Just get out of that situation ahead of time and just understand that if there's an evil situation, um, you're in the wrong place, just move on and get yourself out. I think many of our, the sins that we, you know, the problems that we run into are we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. So just to get ourselves out of that situation, to run away. Verse uh, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. So God's watching over us. We're the righteous. Once you're in a right relationship with Jesus, once you come to understand that you need Christ as a Savior, then you're righteous. You're in a right relationship. His ears are open to their cry, so God hears our cries. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil and cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. And then 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. He delivers them all their troubles. Again, he reminds it. He says it again. So usually when they repeat themselves, God knows we struggle with that. <clears throat> but he wants to deliver us out of all our troubles. The Lord is, in 18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as a, as a contrite spirit. God wants our heart towards him. David was a man after God's own heart. Don't always understand exactly what that means, but it's about our heart. You know, we can control our, our mind and teach our mind, but it's always about the heart that is the one that um, controls how we really respond and 19 many are afflictions of those of the righteous but the lord delivers them out of all he guards his bones and not one of them is broken evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned and then the last one says the Lord redeems the soul of his servants. None of them who trusted him shall be condemned. And God knows who we are and knows all about us. And he, he wants to be there for us, helping us through our trials and our tribulations. And trial and tribulation doesn't have to be a disaster. It can be any kind of pressure. We all have pressures of life. And, um, and we're going to end with uh, Romans 8.1. And it's highlighted in my Bible, and it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So as we recognize that God gave us life, he, gave, he provided for us, he gave us purpose in having families, and he gave us purpose in the work of our hands, how to, how to live in homes and take care of this world that he so blessed us with. <clears throat> he's going to deliver us out of all our troubles. He's going to be there with us, walking side by side with us. And then he says, he knows we're going to mess up, we're going to have mistakes. He provided for that too, called salvation. But he says here, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we come to Christ, we confess our sins, we recognize our shortcomings, and God forgives us, and he continues to say, you're not condemned. You know, you know he, he knows that. I think about the uh, thief on the cross. The thief on the cross to me is such a good witness of, of this Bible and what happened because a thief can look at another thief and know if he's a thief or not. A card player can look at no one if he's bluffing. The two thieves were on the cross, one on each side of Jesus. And one looked at him and said, and he just mocked him. And the other one says, he says, there's no crime in this man. This man is innocent. So the thief can know another thief. So that witness to me is just amazing that he looked at Jesus and he, his witness and his testimony said, there's no crime in this man. This man, is, this man is who he says he is. And then what did Jesus respond to him? Today you'll be with me in paradise. And that's just like, Wow. Again, continue. We started with he created the world, and then what's else is it about? It's about if we recognize that one day we will be with God in paradise. We will be with him in heaven, and God's provided it all for each of us. So I'll close in prayer, and Charlie's going to, um, and Will, a song. We'll close with a song. And uh, if anybody would like to come up and use the altar, altar's wide open. You don't have to pray with me. You can pray with me if you'd like. You can kneel down and use the altar if you'd like, or if you just want to come up and pray, that'd be fine. <clears throat> Let's just keep the, the wonder of who this God is. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you once again for being our God. We thank you for inviting us to be your people. And as you walk with us, Father, provide for us, teach us, and provide everything, Father, from <clears throat> a place to live, to food to eat, to purpose for our, our, our lives, and then you provided, Father, forgiveness of our mistakes. We thank you for being our God. Teach us this day how to walk with you that straight and narrow path. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.